0: It will help others find the podcast. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting in your area, go to adultchildren.org and click on Find a Meeting. This week, we're hearing from our friend June, who speaks about working the steps in self-love. Please
1: enjoy. I need to grab a red book for the tools. I'll get it. For oh, thank you. Um, hi, my name is June. I'm a gratefully grateful recovering adult child. And um, I completely forgot about this part, you guys. So um, does anybody know where the tools are in the book? Uh, let's see.
0: Are there tools? There's not really a tools section. No, right? should be. (laughs) I was like,
1: I don't remember tools. Uh, You know, like a tools section. I think I'm just going to start. There's lots of tools that I've used in this program, and it'll come out in my qualification. Um, I came into ACA. I started my journey in 12-step rooms 13 years ago. I came into Alcoholics Anonymous, and... I'm a recovering alcoholic, um, I've been sober for that many years and my father is an active alcoholic, my stepfather is a dry alcoholic, and my mother loves to marry alcoholics. And uh, my mother comes from alcoholism, addiction, crazy, insane, insane abuse, and so does my father. My, my grandmother was an alcoholic. Um, so it's all over, you know, I think the the tool that I'll talk about the most in this program is the steps, because that's really where like the transformation that I've experienced here came from, was working the steps myself and then working the steps with other people. And there's um, in the yellow workbook, you have to do a family tree. I think it's pretty early on, maybe step one, I think it's in. And you know, both sides of my family lineage is just pillaged with alcoholism, addiction, dysfunction of every single kind. so my parents found each other and then they reproduced. so i don't think i, I don't think I really stood a chance at all. Um, I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional alcoholic home, and um I, about five years into my recovery I started going to Al-Anon and I was in that program for about a year. And it took me about a year to come out of denial and when I I was sitting there listening to stories and I just kept hearing more and more about the family and the family dynamic and as I kept hearing about other people's stories like this level of kind of unconsciousness or denial it floated off and as soon as it did I was riddled with pain because I I saw very clearly where I came from and how it affected me and I was very upset <laughs> and I was in a lot of pain um, mostly because I just realized that the relationship with my family was never going to be what I wanted it to be ever ever <laughs> and I was like Oh my God! And and the the level of abandonment that came up in me was excruciating. And um, somebody in Al-Anon told me about ACOA, and I came here, and um, they read the the laundry list, and I just cried the entire time. And um, and I just realized like that this is at the core of everything, you know. And um. For me, you know, it's so interesting. So two significant things happened today that I want to share. And I promise I'll tie it all together. I was talking to my mom today. And my mom and I, like, have a great... I have a relationship. I stopped talking. When I came into these rooms, um, I stopped talking to both my mother and my father for a while. Because as I came out and denied... And this was just... Anything I say is just my experience. And because what was happening is as I was doing this work, I was getting very, very angry. I was already really angry for a very long time. And then I got even angrier because, you know, they say it's like awareness, acceptance, action. Well, to me, it's awareness, anger, acceptance, action. And I got really, really angry. And I didn't want to take out my anger on them. You know, I had relationships with them, but I just didn't want to take it out on them. So I distanced myself from both of the, both my mother and my father. Fuck you guys, I am so nervous right now. This is crap, you know, like, I'm like, my qualification is bombing in this moment because I'm so nervous, you know, and I just got to let that shit go, like, it doesn't matter. I can't give you any perfect like, experience, strength, and hope, and solution, you know what I mean? All I can tell you is like what has happened to me and how it has changed my recovery. So thanks for letting me get that out of the way. I just um, I stopped talking to both of them. My father disowned me for like four years. He was like, you're no longer my kid. <laughs> I was like, okay, I just needed a break, you know, but I mean, my brother was calling me up, telling me I was destroying the family, that my mom was sick because of the fact I wasn't talking. I mean, so much guilt was being put on me the whole time. And I just knew in my heart and from my connection with my higher power and the support of you guys that I was doing the right thing and that I would talk to them one day again. And that it would be different because I was like, I need to work I need to do this work I need to do this work they don't have to do shit I need to do this and so I did this work here and we have a relationship today everything is better you know like I accept and love them like I would never have before and um, I stopped trying to fix them. I stopped trying to tell them what to do. I don't ask my father about his drinking I don't talk about it with him and I talk openly about my sobriety With him and I don't care how it makes him feel anymore because if he's upset about it. Oh, well, you know, like that's his own stuff I've really you know, this program gave me my voice back. It gave me self-esteem and I my self esteem was in the toilet when I came into these rooms. I mean, in the absolute gutter. And, um, you know, today I was talking to my mom. My mom had a nervous breakdown about a year and a half ago and started doing the work. And today we were on the phone and she said to me, I owe you an apology. And I was like, for what? And she said, because I thought you were crazy when you got into recovery and you started setting boundaries. oh my god you know it's like i i just i was and do you know what do you know what was the miracle is i didn't go like that's right you owe me an apology thank you so much for finally giving me one instead i was like i'm so happy for you i said i'm so happy for you i'm so happy that you are experiencing the joy of living because that is the whole purpose of these steps is this joy of living. You know, I'm, I am building a business with somebody I met in these rooms and today we were writing about acting with love and we were writing what came out of that writing today. If I can boil it down to one thing that I think would be helpful is that as I, increase, as I increased the love for myself and my level of consciousness through doing the steps, my relationship with everything changed. My relationship with myself, with substance, with other people, with work, money, time, everything, everything shifted. The more I raised my consciousness and did the work for me, you know and a lot of that i think comes from we call it reparenting here um but i i i just call it like giving love to myself and developing a relationship with my true higher power you know uh or with my true parent which is my higher power um that relationship has changed everything for me you know i've never i don't have a Available parents emotionally and phys- sometimes physically um, they They really don't like and love themselves <laughs> and it was hard for them to give that to me and um, Not only was that going on in my home, but like Where I went to school was really dysfunctional as well um, You know like I was really tortured by a lot of the other kids and, you know, just my self-esteem was shattered from a really young age. And um, I've had to do a lot of reparenting and loving, cultivating love for myself to grow my (sighs)
0: self-esteem.
1: And it's not easy. You know, sometimes we were also talking about today, my partner and I, how you know how many times you can walk into a program and somebody comes up to you after you share or qualify or whatever and goes like, "You just need to love yourself." It's like infuriating. You're like, "Oh, sure, if it was that easy, why am I sitting in this chair?" You know what I mean? And um, and we talked about how hard it is to love ourselves and how it's not easy, and it it takes time. It's like, it's like, you, it's like this metaphor, you know, like you can, for me, like I was born with muscles. I think everybody is born with the capacity to love. Like I was born with the capacity to love and I can walk around and live life on a pretty like basic level with the muscles I've been given. But if I go to the gym and I grow my muscles, I experience life in a different way. I get stronger and I can do more. And then like, expansion happens, abundance starts to happen and it's like that with loving myself, you know, it's like, it's a practice, it's a daily practice to give love to myself and then to give love to others, which also makes me feel good. And in return, like I experience the joy of living. (laughs) So I think that, you know, before I wasn't experiencing you know, it's not like I experience the joy of living like twenty four seven, but I experience a lot more. I experience it a lot more often now because I love myself a lot more. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I came in here, and like I said, I just related to everything, and I cried, and you know, I st- I just worked started working this program and. I was I was just desperate. I was in so much pain. Out of the like loss of my family, and I heard a woman qualify. Like I just randomly heard this woman qualify in a meeting early on, and she told my story. And she said she worked the steps, and I just went up to her and begged her to work the steps with me, because I knew from the experience of my other fellowships that I was going to find some relief in the step work. And so we went through the steps pretty quickly. I was just super desperate and hungry I just wanted the pain to be relieved and then I started taking other people through the steps and it doesn't matter like if it's with a with an individual or a fellow traveler or a group like there's just a lot of solution in the step work and you know and through working the steps I had like another layer came off and I had like a deeper spiritual awakening. And that facilitated a deeper connection with a higher power, but it not only facilitated a deeper connection with a higher power, it facilitated a deeper connection with myself. And in return, when I have a deeper connection with myself, I have a deeper connection to everything around me. And that increased my joy and and it's so interesting how, like I went through the anger phase, but after the anger phase came acceptance, acceptance for my family, acceptance of just the way things are and and seeing them really clearly, and just knowing that you know it's said in the in one of the symptoms like we become para uh, Um, alcoholics, the laundry list, we become para alcoholics, even though we might not pick up the drink. And I can't tell you like how many people I've worked with that don't have any form of like alcoholism. Like, no, they're not alcoholics. They don't drink, they don't do drugs, like, but they have all of the symptoms of alcoholism. And, you know, that can be really, it's fascinating. It's like when one person has it like, everybody else is affected by it or you just end up in getting it. It's it's like a flu or something, but, um, you know, for me learning about this disease and really understanding it just helps me to have, it's a sickness and I've, I've developed so much compassion for myself and compassion for other people in return. And so because I have more compassion for other people and more compassion for myself, I'm less critical of myself. I'm less critical of others. I don't judge as much, but I'm not perfect. I still do it. You know, um, you know, I mean, look at what just happened. I was just like, Oh my God, I got to say this out loud. Like I want to impress you guys. It's like, I have a huge ego, you know, it's really critical of me and I have to, you know fight back against it sometimes but um i think you know i just continue to the the other thing that i've learned is well not the the tool the steps are an amazing tool the big red book is an amazing tool I, i remember reading it for the first time and i could only get through like a very small section at a time and then i would just basically throw it down curl up in a ball and all my eyes out. You know, I, it was so painful. (laughs) And, um, but it's an amazing tool. And the chapter on becoming your own loving parent is one of my favorites. And, um, uh, but not only that, like meetings are an amazing tool. It's, I call meetings, my medicine, you know, and if I don't take enough medicine, my disease comes right back. And I will tell you, I will be very honest with you guys and say that I don't come to ACA meetings very regularly anymore. You know, I worked this program really hard for a few years. And then I went to other rooms where I was bleeding and, um, it's so interesting. It's like my disease will, I will start to slowly get sick again with this stuff. Like my fear of people is way up right now. And that's why when I was asked to speak, I was like, yes yes like let me tell you like i need to remind myself why i belong here and why it helps with my fear of people it helps with putting my needs first um and i've been putting just the fear dial has gone up so much lately and i've been really like putting other people's needs first including like my partner, you know, my, my business partner, you know, like we're building this business off of our experience, strength and hope. And I'm putting her needs first all the time because I don't think like her needs are more important than mine or I'm afraid. She's, I'm afraid she's going to abandon me if I speak up. That is the biggest one. Like and then I'm going to be screwed. And I that fear of abandonment is directly correlated with my lack of faith. You know, lack of faith that like my higher power is going to take care of me, that like things are going to be okay. You know, it's just like, it's hard when you feel like you've been abandoned over and over again, you know, but that inner child does not have to run the show today, you know. I, that, yeah i can't let my inner child run the show i really can't because if i let my inner kid run the show i will just recreate over and over again the same feelings and scenarios that i experienced as a kid and that doesn't have to happen today i'm an adult and i think it's really important to embrace and love my inner child but i can't put my like kids don't know how to drive so I have to drive and I have to let my higher power into the driver's seat more and more and put my inner child in the back seat. So I can't let fear rule my life um, or else I stay blocked and I don't move forward and I don't experience the joy of living. So I can't, thank you, speak highly enough for the steps. I, I can't speak highly enough for coming to meetings and and um, and just giving, like, learning how to really truly love, which is different than the capacity to love that I was born with. Um, I don't think it ever really was given a chance to flourish as it is now. So. Um, I'm so grateful to be here and grateful to be in front of all of you, so thanks. Thank you.